Most people don't know what's holding them back, but you do because you listen to me, Sam, your self-care guru and journal junkie. Welcome to Journal Entries, your safe place where you can tune in weekly to get tips, tricks, and journal prompts to uncover your feelings, gain clarity, and make your move. Welcome. Today, we have a special guest speaker named Nadia, who is a hypnotherapist. Her superpower lies within helping her clients release guilt, fear, shame, and self-doubt. On this episode, we talk about reprogramming our subconscious mind to align with our conscious goals with a hint of mindfulness. At the time of this recording, Nadia had a different username on Instagram that she mentions at the end of the episode. So if you'd like to check her out or follow her, you can now find her at Nadia.BraveZone. All right, today we have Nadia on journal entries with us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yes. So you guys, I met Nadia on Instagram and I just feel like I was so drawn to her, like your stories I was watching and your posts and you just seem so like emotionally aware and in tune and not just that, but you help others feel that way too. And so I was like, I need to talk to you. I need to get you on my podcast. And yeah, you've just been so amazing to follow. Oh, thank you. And it's funny that you say that because, you know, when we, we just align with people, the universe brings us together, right? Mm -hmm. I just, this has been such an amazing concept for me to learn and to actually witness. It's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Now I know you've said a couple of times to me just in private that you have like the biggest plot twists and what do you say? You're the, uh, uncovered secret. Oh, I call myself the best kept secret. Best kept secret. Yeah. (laughs) So explain that. Yeah. Okay. The reason is because, okay, so I have to give you a little background. So I worked in the mental health space for 25 years, um, working with students all the way from, you know, kindergarten to grade 12. And intuitively when I graduated, I was, I just, I just noticed that the way they do things and the way they are conditioning kids is not empowering. And I was not, at that time, I was not a mindfulness practitioner. I was not a hypnotherapist. I just had intuition. And I was noticing things like, um, you know, they were really just conditioning kids to be people pleasers. For example, right? So if if kids usually at the elementary level, their biggest problem is, oh, so-and-so is not playing with me. And then the staff will come in and say, there's always room for one more. And I know why they're saying that they're trying to like prevent bullying and stuff like that. Right. Mm. But at the same time, it makes us dishonor ourselves. Like as adults, we choose whose energy we want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And so what are we imposing? What are we teaching them? We're teaching them to feel guilty, to dishonor themselves, to be people pleasers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're teaching the other kids to manipulate their way to getting attention and stuff. And I saw that at that time. Right. So I would go into their classes and like explore that. Hey, like, what are our beliefs? Do we believe that our friends should play with us all the time? If that's your blueprint and it's not happening, you're going to be upset. Let's talk about your beliefs, your values. Like I dumbed it down for them depending on their age, but yeah, that's Mm -hmm. basically what it is. (laughs) That just blew my mind. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's so crazy. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. You know what? Conditioning is real. Mm-hmm. We, we live our whole lives on autopilot, 95% of our day so is run through hypnotherapy. I mean, the and reason I have all of these beliefs is limiting beliefs and biases and stereotypes. It took me 12 years to get to where I am the long uh, way when I didn't know about hypnotherapy. We don't I even know rock what, why we're doing what we're doing because we're on autopilot. Like, you know, when you're driving to, to practice mindfulness, thinking about before like I knew about the car in reverse, I was like, oh, or tar- I took comfort in their auto, power, you're on autopilot. Eckhart told That's what we're doing all day. And it was a day. very tra- traumatic so time for me. Wouldn't it make sense just to so reprogram like, our okay, right mind. here, right to now, align with our conscious perfect. goals. Everything is perfect. Yeah. Everything is good. So how do you do that? And you create from that space. You don't wait until I'll be happy when, you know, I was in an, in an abusive marriage at that time. I didn't say I'll be happy when. I leave the situation. I'll be happy when you find peace in the chaos and comfort in the discomfort. And what I did was I started to become curious of my triggers. And I started to learn what, Hey, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So you started off working with kids. Um, do you still work with children or how, where, how did you make that progression from where you started and how, where you are now and the work that you do now? I love that question. <laughs> Thank you for asking that question. Actually, my passion shifted from working with kids to working with adults through all of my years, 25 years working there. I realized that, you know, adults are just children in bigger bodies, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because um, of childhood wounds, childhood trauma. You don't have to have um, a dis. You don't even have to have a dysfunctional family to have childhood wounds and trauma. Mm-hmm. It could be as simple as you know um, your mom not wanting to hold your hand when you're three years old, and then you internalizing a belief that oh, I'm not lovable, I'm not good enough, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not safe if I try to be loving. I'm going to get rejected. These are the kinds of things that are sitting in our subconscious mind, right? And also limiting beliefs. Like for example, um, yesterday I was in my car driving home from the gym and I was listening to my Spotify playlist. I did um, not a reel, but a live on this yesterday on Instagram. So basically I was sharing the song. It's a Calypso song. And in that song, I don't know if you know it, it's called Dollar Wine. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Oh my God, it's so funny. So- I heard this part where in the background, he's saying, um, money is the root of all evil. Mm. When you are listening to music, you're in a trance. So you're making it highly, making you highly suggestible to limiting beliefs because, Hey, this is generational trauma. This is, this is, uh, this is societal conditioning. This is why we have a problem spending. You know, when I was leaving my marriage, I never told anyone that I was buying a house or anything. Um, Oh my gosh. My mom, I did everything on my own. And then I sent her pictures and I'm like, yeah, I bought this house and I'm moving. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's like, how can you do that? You just have a part-time job. Cause I just dropped, I dropped down to part-time after the, when the kids were little, mm. you only have a part-time job. Plus she knew I wasn't going to milk the guy because I, I have a lot of integrity. And I was like, no, Hey, when the un- when you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I feel like going all over the place here. Cause I have so much to share. 
I'm going to try to not do that because um, we'll be talking forever. But <laughs> because of all the, the things that I've established and learned and, you know, grown and evolved from, I, I really decided to sit, sit down one day and say, how did I manifest everything that I wanted? I, I, I'm not reading books to find out the answers. I'm literally figuring this out by tapping into my intuition and doing it. So now I'm writing a book on that because I came up with nine things that I did, tried and tested. And every single time that I have practiced this, I've been able to get whatever I want. That's amazing. Yes. One thing that you also shared with me is that in your marriage specifically, you started to become so aware. I think during the process of what you were just sharing, you started to become aware of you know, your limiting beliefs and your triggers and um, how your spouse or ex-spouse was triggering you. And before you chose to leave, you were practicing on him. Do you want to share oh, more yeah. about that? I thought that was so interesting and creative. Yeah. So I, again, it was my intuition. I was like, um, I'm not going to just leave. Like, I know I've reached my rock bottom, but I want to like write a list about, I was journaling, like, what, how does he treat me? Well, how does he trigger me? And I, and I wrote stuff like he doesn't, you know, accept me, validate me, encourage me, respect me, love me. He's not loyal to me. Like it's a lot of things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I asked myself, well, am I doing those things for myself? That was powerful, Samantha, because I wasn't, I simply wasn't loving myself and the universe is governed by laws the law of attraction says like attracts like. And I needed him to be in my life because he mirrored the dynamics I had with my dysfunctional family. And because I didn't deal with it, hey, who knows to deal with it when you're in your late teens or early 20s? Do you, right. are you <laughs> hey, I'm going to cure my childhood wounds and trauma and evolve before I take my issues to my marriage. No, <laughs> we don't do that. Mm -hmm. We don't learn that stuff as kids. That's why I was teaching my students that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so then I said, no, not leaving him yet. Cause I don't want to attract another, another one of him or them in a different body with the same lesson. So mm -hmm. I took the lesson seriously and I worked on my self-love. I worked on courage was the virtue that I said, I'm, I'm going to master. And let me tell you, I mastered it. That's amazing. Yeah, I just, there's no other way to live than this. I'm telling you, we create our lives. We're co-creating with the universe. Once we tap into the the, the secrets, like they say, the secret, the book, right? Mm -hmm. That's it. It's all uphill from here. So what sort of things have you manifested? Well, um, oh my God. Okay. So a lot. So when I was leaving my marriage, okay. I had it in my mind that, okay. So the, you know, that book, the alchemist by Paulo Coelho mm -hmm. he says, when you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. Okay. He's right. Okay. <laughs> because I made a decision that I'm leaving my marriage. And I thought, you know what though, I'm not going to be one of those single moms in survival mode. I'm going to look good. I'm going to feel good. I'm going to have the life that I wasn't able to have exploring, having fun, 
balance in my life, social life, as well as my, you know, family life with my kids. I was going to do it all. And if I'm going to leave this beautiful home near the lake, you know, with a hot tub outside and a flat screen TV in the kitchen, <laughs> a fireplace in my bedroom, okay, I need to live well because I'm really picky about decor and cleanliness and a nice area and a nice house. And I was like, I, in my mind, I visualized exactly what I wanted to the T I got it. Okay. So I didn't ask how. So mm -hmm. I said, okay, so it's got to be uh, some condo townhome area in a nice little community, but not ghetto. Cause some of those can be ghetto. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I, I already, I have humble beginnings, girl. Like I was raised in the hood, you know? <laughs> so I was like, hell no for that. Right. So then I was like, okay, it really helps to know what you don't want because it helps. Then you know what you do want from that. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, okay, it's going to be like two minutes drive from here. Cause I want to co-parent um, with him. I want it to be give me an exit plan universe so that it happens in the least invasive way. Okay, mm -hmm. girl, let me tell you, I discovered a complex of like, it was a three-year-old complex from a good builder. Two minutes drive literally from my matrimonial home. Oh my gosh. Can you believe that? Three years old. And I said, okay, yeah, this is a, I saw the first house and I was like, mm, I don't like this one, but I, I'm buying a house in this area in this complex, made a decision, found the house I wanted. I found it on my own. Um, I said, oh, this is great, but I want my own hard, I want hardwood. It was carpeted. I'm getting hardwood, paint, designing everything, measuring everything and, you know, doing my thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask how again. It wasn't like I was made of money. I, I it, my dad came back into my life. He does that sporadically every like five, six years. He'll like pop in to tell me that I'm a second-class citizen or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but something happened where it was, it's a long story. I won't get into it, but he, he's not even, he doesn't have a lot of money, but he ended up giving me $12,000 because of his guilt. Wow. That covered all of that stuff. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Right. So I didn't ask how I just like made that decision. Mm -hmm. and so I got the house was great. The area was great. I had a social life. I was exploring, learning, growing. Um, I joined Toastmasters. Actually, I joined Toastmasters before that. And then I had a great, you know, I was raising my, I, only one child came with me. So I was giving him a lot of my time and energy. And he's almost 17 now. He's really good because of all the programs I used to take him to. But hey, nothing suffered. I was able to like do everything. Mm -hmm. And then, so the first, that was the first seven years of my life, right? I mm -hmm. went I'm at the, at the school board, all that stuff. I was just working to pay my bills and then having fun on with life. Mm -hmm. So when the pandemic hit two years ago, I was like, all right, time for a plot twist. I don't need to be in this area anymore. Cause my older son went with his dad to Texas. So I was like, okay, um, I'm selling my house, but what do I want? Again, I visualized it. I want a house near nature, but I want like five minutes this way. I want the city five minutes that way. I want the country, you know? So I got that. I got the kitchen exactly looks like it with the white, white quartz countertops and the cupboards. Yeah. Yeah. You know how I got that though, Samantha? I took a picture, a screenshot on my phone of a kitchen that I liked and I just left it there, you know, like vision boards kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Only after I moved in, did I realize I was like, oh my God, look at my phone. And I showed my son. I was like, this kitchen is exactly the same. <laughs> That's awesome. 
And I didn't know what I didn't know was that I lived literally two minutes away walking distance from a hiking trail, one of the biggest hiking trails in the city that has a waterfall. Oh, wow. Well, I felt like such a badass when I was, <laughs> in my, I made my coffee and I walked to the trail, stood there in front of the waterfalls and I was drinking my coffee when I should have been at work. But I started yeah. my, another thing, right? I quit my job, started my business, moved my home, got the house that I wanted in the area I wanted. And the last thing I'll tell you about that is the reason I was so specific about where I wanted to live is because for my son, I wanted community centers for basketball, you know, movie theaters, fast food restaurants for part-time jobs, walking distance. And for me, I wanted nature. I got it all. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Wow. Well, I can't wait for your book. I'll say that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually trying to visualize and manifest my dream home currently. So I will absorb any of that goodness. (laughs) Oh, great. Well, I'm going to give you the, the sneak peek then. Oh, yeah. The PDF version. (laughs) (laughs) So if you don't mind, I would love to circle back to childhood trauma because for all of you listeners, Nadia actually hosted something a couple weeks ago now, maybe last week, that was all about, well, really it was gaining clarity on something in your life. And I had hopped on the zoom session with her and she had asked me like, what is it in your life? Like if you could change anything or something, what would that be? And I shared a couple of things. One of which was speaking up because I feel like growing up and truly I'm 34 years old. And just maybe two years ago, I started to realize this is that I've always been like the shy one and never really spoke up. I never wanted to ruffle any feathers. It's such a silly example, but it's so descriptive and depictive of like everything is whenever I was out in a group and someone would say, Sam, where do you want to eat dinner? Where do you want to go for lunch? I would never make the choice. I'd always say, where do you want to go? You know, because I didn't want, I wanted everyone to be happy all of the time. And so I started to realize like, I feel like it's because of other people. Like this is a condition and I don't know where it came from, why it's there, what it's protecting me from. So that's what I worked with Nadia on. And it wasn't even too long of a session that we had, but there was a moment during our session and you were asking me the question of like, what is the story or what is an example where you felt this way? And I shared an example and then you were like, okay, now go back even further. Like what, what happened before that? And like, nothing was coming to my mind, but then you said, it might feel like you're making up the story or it might feel like it's not true or like you're, you know, it's, it's make-believe, but if it was, what would that be? And as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, it was when I was a baby. I remember like, so I'm a twin for those of you that don't know. And my twin sister came home from the hospital, very sick on a ventilator. She couldn't breathe very very well. And in the moment that I was talking to Nadia, I was like, I think that she needed so much attention and care that I was worried that I was a burden if I did cry. And I was a baby. I'm sure that I cried. But like internally, that's how it felt. And of course, I don't remember that because I was, you know a week old, but that's what it felt like. And once I identified that with Nadia, since that session, everything has just been so clear of like, whoa, like 
this is what I want. This is how I ask for it. This is why I should ask for it. And it's just felt amazing. So can you share a little bit about how you took me through that and what that revelation was? So uh, I can give you a little reason. I can speak to why it works. Mm -hmm. Okay. And why that happened. Okay. So basically when you're a baby, you're operating on slower brainwave states, right? It's called Delta. It's the same state that we as adults get into when we're sleeping. Now, when, if you've heard that children are like sponges, literally it's like that, you know, you're a baby, you can't walk or talk, but guess what? You're absorbing everything. Because you're in this state, okay? So this this reminds me of when I had my firstborn 21 years ago. And when when he was born, my mom was like, just put him in the next room. Like, why are you sleeping with him? Why are you letting him sleep in your room? Put him in the crib, close the door, let him cry himself to sleep. He'll develop his lungs and, and stuff like that. Like, that's what she literally told me. And I was like, I don't know. Like, this just doesn't seem right intuitively. It didn't sit well with me. So I was like, no. So I was all about kangaroo care with the sling and sleeping, co-sleeping and all that stuff. Right. And responding to my baby's cries. And later on, I realized that when you're crying as a baby, you're releasing cortisol. And then what happens is that it has lasting effects, but not only that, you're there in the crib crying and nobody's picking you up. Nobody's responding to you. So you're developing these beliefs that, you know, people are not trustworthy. I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy. Literally. This wow. is why, Samantha, I really say that um, a lack of self-love is the real pandemic. You and I think, hey, we were people pleasers. No, there's a lot of people who are people pleasers. Mm-hmm. People are wearing masks. And the way you are on the inside, your life is going to reflect that, Right. But people, people need to understand if they want to change their life, it's not going to happen by reading books, you know, or watching YouTube videos. You literally have to incorporate the subconscious mind because that's where everything is stored, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot here and it's about, it's about conditioning. And, and you asked the question about what, what, how that worked or whatever. So your subconscious mind knows everything. Right. So I had a guy come to me where he was like, I'm so confused about my business. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm not doing anything. And um, so I said, okay, let me talk to your subconscious mind. And I did. And then um, he got the answers and he's like, oh my God, I feel so much clearer now. I know what I want to do now. Wow. That's awesome. That's a great feeling. Yeah. It's great. And you know what I'll say? You said you're 34, right? So mm-hmm. it reminded me of something. So I'm 47, but really re- I, what I realized recently was that age really is just a number. We hear that what, okay. Time is an illusion, right? It was just created by man and we needed we needed time to kind of exist in the 3d, right? Mm-hmm. But what if, what if we created, what if one year was 48 months? I'd be in my twenties right now. <laughs> like literally. Yeah. So I think it's a program. If we subconsciously remember, oh, it's my birthday today. What is my, what does that mean? Oh, I am older. Okay. So what does that mean? You have to start looking older, acting older, feeling older. No, mm-hmm. 
We're timeless. I don't have to look older, feel older or act older. <laughs> yeah. I'm not celebrating my birthday anymore, girl. No. Nope. You know, when I used to hear, and I don't think people that I've heard say, Hey, I don't celebrate birthdays. I don't think they did that for the same reason. I used to think that, Oh, you're just a party pooper. Like, come on, <laughs> why are you not celebrating your life and stuff? Who cares? I celebrate my life every single day. Yeah. Why don't I have to remember on March 6th that I'm a year older? No, I don't even want to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. I'm taking it off of Facebook. I don't want no happy birthday messages. Yeah. Not gonna, I'm going to turn off my phone that day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are just so wise. I feel like it's, and everything you say is just a creative twist and it really like opens up my mind to just a different way of thinking. And I love that. I feel like you need that person in your life to challenge what you've always thought, you know? Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. So we'll have you back on the show because clearly we could talk for probably 17 episodes, but where can people find you and potentially work with you if they did want to, you know, go through that childhood trauma experience or just elevate their minds? Yeah. Thank you. So you can follow me on Instagram at Nadia.wellness, N-A-D-I-A.wellness. And my website is bravezone.ca. Um, so I, I guess those are the, the two best ways to connect with me. Okay, perfect. And be on the lookout for her book and yes. we'll see all the other updates coming. Thank you so much, uh, Nadia. Yes, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's journal entry. I love connecting with my listeners. So make sure you screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram at samantha.s.says so I know you're listening. And don't forget to grab your free training and journal prompts at www.samanthapenkoff.com forward slash podcast.